Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Our guest today is Stanetta Anthony. Stanetta is the author of the popular new children's book, A Home for Sally, and is one of the rising stars in the kid-lit community. Stanetta has been an educator for over 20 years and is committed to educating, enhancing, and creating awareness of moral, social, and religious ideals for children. Stanetta, welcome to the Success Inside Podcast. Hi, Howard. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And to a fellow Chicagoan, that's the wonderful thing about the virtual world. We can have a nice conversation. And I know you're probably down the street somewhere. And I love having fellow Chicago authors on my podcast. So thank you so much. Yeah, we're just kind of right down the street from one another. Just a few miles, just a few miles. There you go. Well, listen, I would love to learn a little bit more about this book, but before we do that, give us a little bit more depth into your background. I mean, you've been an educator for 20 years. That's definitely a career. How did you get into education and what was that aha moment when you decided, you know something, I want to write a book? I've been in education for, oh my goodness, like 20 plus years. And how I actually got into it, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but I was working at a law firm and I was asked to help with an after-school program, which I loved. And after I started helping with the after-school program, it just kind of went from there. And I just went full-fledged into teaching, got my teaching degree. And 20 years later, here I am. And so I went from one I went from one career to another career that I loved. I love being around children anyway. And so being a teacher just was is a wonderful thing. It's just a wonderful thing. Fantastic. Well, I mean, thinking about here we are having this conversation in, in the middle of this global health crisis and schools have closed. They're working virtually these days and A lot of parents are suddenly intimately involved or more intimately involved in their children's lives and education. And I think they're beginning to realize all the hard work teachers like you are put in. And they realize now that this is not easy. And sometimes I think parents just drop their kids off at school and pick them up or get them home at night, but they don't realize everything that goes on in between. So things have changed a bit, I think. Yes, because as an educator, you are the mother, the father, the sister, the brother, the aunt, the uncle, the social worker, the bedtime reader, you're the friend, you're everything. You are doing that time when you're in school, and even when school is over, the child or children have a piece of your heart. Any teacher, they usually take that child home with them, and they take them through a lifetime, actually. You remember... I remember when you were in first grade and I can look at some of my students now and they're in college and I'm saying, wow, I remember when you were in kindergarten and you're taller than me. And so it's just, uh, it's a wonderful thing because you do carry them. You carry them for a lifetime. I believe you carry them for a lifetime. You know, I, I think you're absolutely spot on there. Absolutely. Now, what age of children are you currently working with or, you know, given that in the 20 years, I imagine you've worked with a lot of ages, but the most recent age range for children, what has that been? 
the most recent age is kindergarten. So you got them when they're the most fun. Yes, because I like I have a dramatic side to me. <laughs> so that allows me to bring out the drama in myself. And uh, they are fun. They are fun and honest. I can say that. You know, there's no filters. I wish adults would be able to go back and be just like the children. How did you get started with this idea of writing the book? I mean, The Home for Sally, this is not your typical children's book. So how did this book start to come about for you? Well, when I was watching TV and usually on Saturday mornings, as you know, in Chicago, they're featuring pet adoptions from different pet facilities. And one of the things I observed was they never had special needs pets pets on. And I understood that because you want to put your best foot forward and everything. But I always wonder where the special needs pets, because I, on occasion in my 20 years, I've had the opportunity to work with children who have special needs. And so that was a concern of mine that where are they? I know they're in the shelter, but why aren't they featured on television? Why aren't they the spot on too? That's what caused me to really think about A Home for Sally and writing a book that has a voice for the dog community that didn't seem to have a voice at the time. Okay. And with the special needs dog, how did you do your research for the book? Did you visit some of the shelters and the adoption organizations to ask them about the special needs dogs? No, I actually didn't. A Home for Sally, the idea came as I was actually entering a meeting that I had, and I wrote the book in about 15 minutes. So I wrote the book before I started the research, and I can just say I don't know. It was just in my heart, I guess, because I had been thinking about it for a few years, and so that's actually how it came about. And so then I started to go into shelters and different things like that and see how many dogs there were and reaching out to the pet community. It was phenomenal because I got a lot of information about how many special needs dogs there are. I found out that they are the third least to be adopted. So they're closer to being euthanized than any other dogs there are. That's how the process actually came about. Okay. And when you were writing the book, I love the story and the story, it sounds very familiar. You know, the little child has been after mom and dad, let's get a pet, let's get a pet. And so they all agree they're going to go to the local pet store or, or in this case of their story, that's National Pet Adoption Month. And what month is that, by the way? Is that like March, April, May? Well, there's different times throughout the year that's National Pet Adoption Month. So June is officially National Pet Adoption Month, but there are different weeks throughout the year where there is a focus on pet adoption. Next month coming up is officially National Pet Adoption Month. This month, they actually had a National Pet Week. I believe it was the second week in May. Yeah, we just have to be on the lookout for different holidays associated with pet adoption. Okay. Well, you know, this podcast, once it's completed and we get it queued up, it will be released in June. And so actually it's perfect timing for you and I to be chatting about the book. How long did it take you to write the book once you got started? Well, it's taken me 15 minutes to write it. 
but it taken me, I'm going to say a, a year and a half to two years to actually have it released between the editing, the proofreading, the illustrations and things like that. So it wasn't a hard book to write for me. And so it was just the other part that was a little longer. That was okay. I wanted Sally's story to be told the way I wanted it, with the way I envisioned it in my head. Fantastic. And as you were writing it, did you have other like family, friends, other authors reading the book, giving you feedback, or did you leave like the editing or the illustration to somebody else, but the writing was just all yours? I have a close friend and she usually reviews everything that I write before I send it out to anyone. And I wrote the book, but it's actually her ending, if I could say it like that, because it was a, I had a different ending and she was like, no, I think we should do this. And together we changed the ending. And so after I do that, I usually have a group of children that I go to different age groups and I get a feedback from them. Do you like the story? Don't you like the story? What you like about it? What you don't like about it? And even with the illustrations, I, I get I get all of that. And so the feedback is always really good. I can't have my feelings on the sleeve when I'm asking children what they like because I heard I don't like anything. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, why do, uh, you know, with some of the illustrations, why does the face look like that? Why does their body look like that? Why did she use this word? They help me and they guide me in the way, okay, this is their voice. This is written for them, so I need to hear their voice and see what they say. Even though adults are okay, but a child, they're going to tell you the truth and the whole truth. That's wonderful copy editing, you know, having children in there to to help you. Now, how did the illustrations come about? How did you find an illustrator to put your words into the pictures? The publisher did that. They send you a nice detailed list of everything, uh, all the different illustrations that you want. So I had to look through hundreds of different type of illustrations that I liked that I didn't like. And so I submitted those to the publisher and they reviewed that. And so I learned a lot about that process, sending pictures back and forth. So that's how that came about. So I didn't draw anything. I'm not, I don't know how to draw, but I can tell you what I like and what I don't like. Okay. Okay. And once the book was completed, when you look back at working with the publisher as well as the illustrator, what did you learn about working with them? And what did you learn about yourself? Well, what I learned about myself is I need to be clear in what I want. So that that was the first thing because I was kind of back and forth with some things and I wasn't as clear as I thought I should be. And so I had to do that. And the other thing is I learned that I have to make adjustments, even though I want one thing, I may want something one way, but if, if it isn't best for the market that I need to reach, then I need to make some adjustments. And so sometimes I could be a little stubborn, so I had to move past that. And then what I learned about the publisher is that they were patient with me. That was a good thing. They didn't rush me to say, okay, I need this back in a week's time because I always didn't have a week to get back. I wanted to sit and look at things a few times before I made a final decision on a picture or or something. I I needed time. And so that's what I learned. 
Okay. Now the publisher was Covenant Books. Would you recommend them again? You know, or would you go to them again for your, I imagine there's probably another book in you. Yeah, it's another book in me. <laughs> I'm actually writing it now. And so, yes, I would definitely go with them again. I would definitely go with them again. Okay. And once the book was published and, and available, when you gave it to, let's just say the kids, because they're the ones that we care about, what was the feedback from them once uh, they saw the finished book? The first thing I always hear from children is when they look at the cover, the first thing they always ask me is, what's wrong with that dog? And so it actually opens up the conversation before the book is even open and read to have a conversation about special needs and what they think special needs is. And so that is the biggest feedback that I have. And then the other feedback I have is we are able to talk about emotions and how Sally felt lonely and she was bullied and she just went through a gamut of things. And so that opens up the door for conversations as me as an author. And even if I'm in a classroom setting, for that to open up as well, if I'm with other teachers or something like that, we can talk about those different areas. I guess they can deal with some things that they need to deal with, and the children can deal with some things that they need to deal with. And it also opens up for me to share that everyone has something that is different about themselves and unique. And one of the things that I share with the children is I have a finger that was broken when I was a child that never fully healed. And so for a long time, I was embarrassed about this finger. And so I always showed children my finger. And we have a discussion about that and that we should never be ashamed of being looking different because we're all different. We're all unique. Our eyes, our ears, our face, everything is all unique. So it opens up a great conversation for us, a gamut of things. Fantastic. And what kind of advice would you give to other aspiring writers? And I guess we'll keep it within the kid lip community since that right now is is the the experience you've had. Is the next book going to be a kid's book as well? No, you know what? And it's it's going to be kid friendly. The next book is actually about dogs, but I am asking about love stories from dogs. And so I'm going to mom and dad, pet owners, so mom and dad, pet owners, and I'm asking them how does their dog or dogs express love. And so that has been interesting because I'm getting so many stories about that. And that's it's been a wonderful thing. For the kid lit authors, one of the things that I've learned is to, you need to set a schedule for yourself, whether you're a kid's lit author or a novelist or writing poems or whatever, you need to set aside a time for you to write. Whether it's 30 minutes a day or 30 minutes a week, you need to always set aside a time for that. And you need to understand your audience. The kids, children are my audience, so I have to understand them. I need to talk to them. So even though I'm writing a book about children, I need to see where their heart is and if they like it and if they don't like it. And then I need to accept what they say because 
They're going to be reading it. They're going to enjoy it or not enjoy it. They're going to say whether they like it or they don't like it. And if they see it with one of their friends, they may say, oh, that's not a good book. And so that child will put down that book because that other child said, I don't like it. You need to understand marketing for the kids' community. Because every community is different. So you need to get in, get with different people. I get with different people on social media to ask different questions. And I talk to even business people who are in business and I ask their opinion. What do you think about this? And what do you think about that? As it associates with the business part of kids. Because it's not just the writing part. It's the marketing part. It's the financial part. It's everything that goes into being an author. It is a total career. It is not just, I just wrote a book and that's it. You have to embrace everything that goes into writing the book and publishing the book. You know, Stanetta, I really love that you have shared that piece of it because there are some authors that will set out to write the book and one, not realizing how difficult and time-consuming and encompassing it can be, but the steps along the way to make sure it's a good book, good editing, formatting, organization, so to speak, but then all the steps afterwards, the sales, the marketing, the publicity. A lot of people don't think about that, and I really appreciate that you're sharing that with with our audience, because I think if you're going to set out to write a book, you got to go into this with your eyes wide open. So I truly appreciate that. That was very sound advice. Getting back to the dogs and the pets for that matter, whether it's, I mean, my preference is, is the dog. I do like cats, but I prefer dogs. <laughs> Where are some of the best places for a family, an individual that would like to adopt a dog? Where would you suggest that they go? We have a few places in Chicago that we have, and I'm sure they're around the world. There's Paws, and so we have a Paws Chicago, but there are other Paws throughout the United States. We have an anti-cruelty society. So one of the best things I would uh, suggest is you can actually look online and Google pet adoption facilities that are in your community and look for them. They're, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. You can get all the information that you need. And actually, I do have in my book a listing of a few adoption facilities within the city of Chicago and surrounding suburbs of where you can find a dog to adopt. And then after you do that, you may, you know, set out and go and take a visit and see what's best for you and your family. Fantastic. Fantastic. Stanetta, if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where are the best places for them to go? Well, you can visit my website, which is com, or you can follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Fantastic. And we will most definitely provide the links back to the website, you know, com, as well as links back to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. That's where actually all my uh, children's book authors, too, I have them a uh, my own Pinterest page for those authors. So you're going to be joining an illustrious group of kid-led authors. So looking forward to that. And uh, we'll, so we'll put all those links uh, on our show notes as well. You know, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today on a Success Insight podcast. And I am actually thinking as I'm making my move across the country, come going from 
Chicago to Las Vegas. And I need to look into either pet adoption or fostering because I do miss, you know, having, having a dog. And so you've inspired me to start perhaps instead of looking at YouTube videos of coffee makers and coffee presses, I'm a coffee addict and I love <laughs> YouTube videos on the subject, but maybe start to look at, uh, pet adoption, pet, you know, and, and fostering. So thank you so much again uh, for joining us. And we wish you the very best in, you know, the continued success with uh, uh, the book, A Home for Sally, and then also in your next endeavor with the book, you know, about dogs. By the way, if you need any pet owners to have, have good stories, I've got a couple in mind I definitely would love to introduce you to. And in fact, the interesting piece is my, I have good friends that live in, in Ontario, Canada, and they have Belgian shepherds and their youngest Belgian shepherd, actually not the second youngest, it's the second youngest, Jem, uh, recently had her, had to have one of her legs amputated. And I say this because you just never know what, you know, with the dog, what's going to happen. And, but the given that the this pet gem a belgian shepherd is love sheep herding i i have no doubt she's going to be out there herding sheep on three legs no doubt about it i mean they've had belgian shepherds for many years so if that's a type of conversation you'd like to have we'll see if we can arrange that as well very happy to do that thank you so much because i appreciate that i do i'm not going to share everything about the book right now but I have actually had the opportunity to talk to uh, some mom and dad canine owners and their stories, and some of them have been uh, kind of tragic, but I still want to include them and to share their stories. Oh, most definitely. I think you, you have to do that. So, well, once again, thank you, and we wish you the very best. And you know, and given that June is National Pet Adoption Month, we're we'll, looking forward to sharing this podcast and this really wonderful book, Home for Sally, with our listeners during during the month of June. So thank you again and for joining us on the Success Insight Podcast. All right. Thank you, Howard, for having me on. I had a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you so much. Fantastic. All right, folks, we've just been chatting with Donetta Anthony. She's the author of the children's book, A Home for Sally. And Donetta has been an educator here in Chicago for many years and is committed to educating, enhancing, creating awareness of moral, social, and religious ideals for children. In this book, A Home for Sally, it's just a wonderful little book, very nicely illustrated, well-written, and really you know, when we think about pets, I mean, every pet out there, every dog out there, regardless of the type of dog or the, the breed for that matter, I mean, there, there's dogs out there for whatever reason, perhaps have a disability and there's definitely opportunities for bringing them into a loving home. So we hope you'll take advantage of going out to some of the sites in your community where you can adopt a pet. So do check that out. Go out to Google, or if you're here in Chicago, you can look at the back of Stenetta's book, and there's some sites there as well. Do visit Stenetta on her website, stenettaanthony.weebly.com, and of course, we'll provide the links to her social sites as well as to the book page on Amazon. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Let us know by commenting on successinsightpodcast.com. You can find us on our LinkedIn page, our Facebook page, and the podcast platforms iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a safe and phenomenal day, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. 
Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.